Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sanderlanch podcast. Today, we read Shadows of Self, chapters 11 and 12, wherein Wax chases down who he thinks is Bleeder. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I don't know that we ever get a good answer on that. Uh, and it runs into some trouble instead. And then Marisai and eventually others... Uh, get called to the site of an entirely different horrible murder. So, yeah. I'm Data, and with me is... Joe. Jamie. And Dak. So hang on to something, everybody. The Sanderlanch is about to begin. Does anyone really know the mind of the bat? Wherever you're going, whatever you do, a man in the dark keeping watch over you. So poison the ivy with your crocodile tears We're climbing the vines to the heart of your fears Can you tell me has something changed? The rewards are zero cause I ain't no hero Do you know it when you go strange? Is your taunting true? Am I as crazy as you? Check my head, I guess the joke's on me So yeah, three, uh, or three So yeah Two chapters. We got some action going on. We've even got some uh, some more broadsheet stuff. So, what did you guys think of uh, these two chapters? Uh, well, these chapters were chapters. I don't know. For some reason, these specific chapters I found to not be quite as enjoyable as what we've read so far. There was something about it that I felt like I don't know. I felt like our characters were almost too stupid. Like I was like, what's going on? They're, they're not like. They're not on the ball here. There was I felt like there was some things that seemed kind of obvious that the characters were getting confused about. And I, I just uh I just don't know. It wasn't uh it wasn't Wax wasn't up to his usual stuff and I feel like neither was Marisai. and then Wayne was kinda like just there doing doing his Wayne thing, but not even in like a super fun way. So mm. these were, uh, these chapters really kind of missed it for me. Uh, it was, it was kind of a departure from the lovely book we'd had so far. So yeah, I, I'm hoping that, uh, we're a little over halfway now, so I'm hoping that, uh, things kind of take a turn and, and some different things happen, but yeah, just like some of the stuff that happened, like him thinking that the father figure that, uh, uh, that it was harms and then at the near the end when he sees the priest he's like oh it's that father i'm like that doesn't make any sense it wouldn't be that father he's not your father he's not even the father of your religion so it just it, some of that stuff i was just like what is he talking about the only really cool thing that came out of it is we got to uh see another chandra that was that was probably uh, the most fun part of it for me even the fight wasn't that exciting I don't know. Mm, okay. So yeah, and and I'm kind of wishy washy on these ones. Interesting. Uh, I I don't I don't know that I disagree about Wayne. He doesn't get a lot of. He I don't know that he gets a lot of chance to do stuff. He I think he has like the one conversation with the mm. uh, with Steris, which is like okay. Well, and he's well, not very nice to her either. Which I mean, he is we not. get he doesn't like her, but still it's just like yeah, that was rough. Yeah, it's just like. Oh, Wayne, that's not cool. And then, like, he—I understand he gets mad, but then he, like, he like pouts and goes and like goes and sits with the guys that he already beat up because he's like, I'm just 
doing this to prove a point that I don't even want to be around you. It's like, okay, what? Why? Why are you doing that? Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with the the Wayne being a bit of an asshat portion of the book. I thought it was really unfair to Steris. Like that was there was like, okay, Wayne, I get you don't like her, but also that's way too far. Like that's just not 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 cricket. And I yeah, I didn't I lost a little bit of respect for Wayne at that point. I really hope he can redeem himself, but I was like, don't just don't be don't be that guy. But I I disagree. I actually really enjoyed the rest of it. I thought the the fight scenes were pretty good. Uh, there's definitely so in apparently I'm always trying to do something new with how I'm reading this book. Uh, in that Dak read it to me uh, this time, <laughs> um, which was which was good fun. <laughs> but I thought there was really a few of those like cinematic moments. You know, the mist ruffian style mist coat you know, dancing in the wind and all that sort of stuff. It was, that was a bit of fun. I thought the murder was pretty gruesome. I'm kind of interested to learn a bit more about that. The, oh, God, what was the first thing that happened? That was the... Wayne. Oh, no, wax meeting with Chase. Milan. Oh, yeah. I was so excited. And I was like, when we were reading it last week, I was like, dude, that, that name sounds a lot like... Milan. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, we can have similar names. That's totally fine. And then when Dak read it, he then changed the pronunciation. And I was like, hang on a minute, did you just say Milan? <laughs> and his eyes I, lit I, up. <laughs> I, I, had to, I had to spell it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. So it's, now it's spelled this. It's spelled like this. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And then when she was like, don't tell Ten soon. I'm like, oh, my bloody Ten soon's back. That's so exciting. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that he's still around. That makes me that makes me happy on the inside. That was that was good. So I'm I'm very excited to see where that part of the story goes. But I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was a good next bit of the story. And you know, yeah, they're maybe having a bit of an off day. Some of the characters, but I'm sure they'll come good. I was wondering at the time if anyone was going to pick up. It's like, hey, these names sound kind of similar to. But uh, no one mentioned it, at least. So I was like, okay, well, maybe it'll be a surprise for people when we get there. And uh... oh, I feel like it was one of those things. It was like, oh, it sounds like Milan. But then, like, and really, we should just go with the really out there thoughts. We really should, because half the time they pay off anyway. <laughs> but I was like, nah, nah, surely not. Nah, couldn't be. And it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So should we should we be getting Dak a job as a, an audiobook narrator? How do you do? Look pretty well. I mean, Dak does do the voice acting gigs, right? You know, so he he's got a voice for it. Um, he does have a slight cold at the moment though, so that made it a little mm. bit. Hard yeah, you for might him, hear that today. <laughs> he's fine. <laughs> um, but it's not COVID. I took the test. It's not COVID. There you go. It's not COVID. No, just just a regular Aussie winter cold. Yeah. Um, weather dropped about five degrees and all of a sudden I'm feeling it. Yeah. Well, it's pro- probably a good idea to get the test before you went to, you guys went to a party today. So that's uh, yep. correct. Yeah. We probably yep. don't need to infect the uh, entire family. <laughs> um, well, and we were at a, a family function on Monday and it, um, Where can it slowly it like a whole bunch of people have gotten sick uh. as, as it turns out. So someone there was, the originator of it. <laughs> I mean, 
yeah, I didn't I didn't lean into the audiobook as much as I could have. I didn't do like distinct voices for everyone, but maybe next time, maybe next time. <laughs> so these these chapters were good. I agree with Joe, they're a bit weaker than what have come before. I don't like I don't think that you know, they're not the like the worst things ever. And they're not bad, but there are a few things about them that some some things were really good and some things weren't. Like I don't think throughout all the reading that we've done, I've ever been simultaneously so overjoyed and so annoyed all at the same time as the Tensoon reveal that he's that he's still around here. Because <laughs> I was so excited to hear, oh my god, he's back! And then like I had to reread this like, a couple of times, like I had to make sure I didn't misread that. And the more I read it, the more I'm like, this is a terrible way to give us that information. Why would Milan bring that up to Wax? Wax doesn't know who Tensoon is. Like he's just going to be like the fuck are you talking about to this line and so and like so it's clearly just there to get the audience excited that ten soon's coming back but you know how else brandon could have done that by showing us ten soon coming back which he presumably will do later so i thought yeah i was i was really happy to see that ten soon was back but like the way that that handled was that was mind-bogglingly clunky that said everything else about milan here was really really cool like um her in the action scenes like the fight and um and even just like the bits where she wasn't on the screen where wax was just fighting the guys that whole fight scene was really cool i really enjoyed that so that was all good i i agree i'm really disappointed in wayne for just how he's shutting down steris i i get that steris can be hard to get along with but i but also wayne you're also hard to get along with uh but but steris is making the effort and you're just like, oh, you hate what she represents. You have no idea what she represents, dude. You're not even trying to find out. Like, you, yeah. I mean, may, maybe he just doesn't twig that Steris actually does like Wax. Maybe not in the way that Wayne would want her to, but can, like, come on, Wayne. Like you're, like, you're supposed to be the guy who thinks outside the box. Think outside the box. So there was that. When they said, oh, it's Father Bin who's been killed, I was just like, who dat? Have we, have we come across him before? Mm, that's actually a good question. Hold on, I want to see if I think it. Well, I, 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 I don't know. It, it it sounded familiar for me either earlier in yes. the book, like he was like a, like in the scene, but we didn't really talk about him. Father Ben was the one that uh, was going to perform their wedding. Ah, yeah. Oh, so okay. that's that's where we've heard of him is when because Steris was like, oh no, requesting Father Ben to do the ceremony was the only thing that you needed to do, Wax. So. Okay, I guess I guess that would make him his father then. Yeah, in a, in a roundabout way. Yeah, it just yeah. didn't make a lot of that line didn't make a lot of sense to me when he's like, "Oh, he was talking about this father." She later was talking about this father because I'm like, that guy's not even the father of your religion. Yeah, yeah, no, so that like that was weird. Like when they're just like, "Oh my God, Father Bin's been killed." I'm just like, "Am I supposed to know who this <laughs> is?" Like, I feel like this is being treated like a big reveal, and I've got no idea who you're talking about. Yeah. Um. So, so like, why should right, I care? Yeah, so like, like maybe it's on me for not remembering that detail, but the guy got mentioned once and we didn't even he didn't even appear in the book right. yet. So I'm just like, okay, cool. That said, the actual murder scene and like the way it all went down was pretty fascinating in a horrific sort of way. So that was cool. Like, yeah, this. So cut a long story short, these chapters, good bit, bad bit, good bit, bad bit, good bit, bad the whole way through. Mm. Um, I I, I did love wax talking to the governor in the carriage and like every few seconds like all right fuck you i'm out and, and the governor's like whoa 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 like that was hilarious yeah and um and i fucking loved wax coming in like bursting into lord harms's study 
And Harms looks up and sees him there with guns out, grabs his own gun, and is like, all right, buddy, where are they? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and then Wax just like, just just point that thing down. Yeah. Like, that was fucking hilarious to me. Like, I know Lord Harms is like, he's not a major character, and like, he's, pr- he's probably not someone you're meant to be like, yeah, this guy's great, but he's fucking funny. I like him. <laughs> yeah, some have some trigger discipline. Let's just, there, yeah, <laughs> point that somewhere. <sighs> I say, old boy, let's go hunting. <laughs> uh, I okay, so I don't disagree with you about the uh, the ten soon reveal being clunky, but just as a note, you're you're like he doesn't even know who that is, and I'm like I'm pretty sure people know. Like we got Sunni pups that are apparently based on ten soon. I'm pretty sure people know who ten soon is. Oh yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah, and also there's a statue of him with Vin, isn't there? Or did I make that up? That was the statue of Ellen, wasn't it? I don't think the dog was there. No, but didn't he have he had a title as well the yeah the guardian the, or the protector the guardian or oh, that's what it was. yeah that's right yeah yeah <laughs> even though they only hung out for like a month you know the dumb thing that just occurred to me it's like oh yeah like he wasn't he was in the statue like you know the shapeless formless plinth that she's standing on that's the true form of a camera <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's it at the same time, it's like, well, Wax doesn't know Ten soon, so like, you're like, don't tell him, okay? It's like, yeah. all right. Oh yeah, me, me, me and the Guardian, yeah. we go way back. I won't tell this guy who I've never met that thing you just said, which I probably won't even remember. <laughs> good times, good times. Yeah. Okay, before we actually get into it, just because we've been talking about it right now and it reminded me, I'm going to read you guys this, uh, I was going to say it was like a question-answer thing, but it was a statement more that Brandon made on Reddit that kind of shed some light on like why, why some of this is written the way it is. So <laughs> it's titled, you can all shut up now. Well, no, it's just like, uh, let's see. So I guess somebody just posted a thing on Reddit and then someone like tagged him and was like, Hey, what, what do you, what do you think on this? And then he kind of responded. So that happens sometimes on Reddit is so uh, you can, Brandon just shows up and says some stuff. So, Oh, and this is actually from, uh, yeah, after Shadows of Self came out, I guess. So somebody else was uh, not super happy with the the way Wayne treats Daris, basically. Right. And Brandon says, so I don't know how much I've talked about this, but there are two things going on with Wayne in regards to Daris. The first is that Wayne is a highly instinctive person. He does think and more than people give him credit for, but he judges a lot of what he does by what his gut says. I've known people like this, and they can be extremely charming, but have more trouble articulating why they might make a certain decision or why they don't like a particular person. Wayne doesn't like Steris. She feels off to him, and his instincts say that she's hiding something. Trouble is, his gut is misleading him in this case. Steris doesn't think and react like Wayne does, but it's not because she's hiding something. It's because she doesn't pick up on the same social cues that someone as highly sociable as Wayne sees. Uh, and then there's a second issue here, and that's Wayne's overprotectiveness. Wayne tends to lump people in his head into my mates and those other folks. And once you're in with him, he'll do basically anything for you. You'll never find a more loyal friend. At the same time, it's hard to get in with him. And if he perceives someone as stealing someone from him, he gets very defensive, even mean. He doesn't realize it, but his subconscious sees Steris as taking Wax away from him, and even more importantly, away from Lessie. He'd be belligerent toward anyone that Wax started dating, but the fact that he gets a lot of false positives off of Steris doesn't help. If Wax and Marisai had worked out, he'd probably have been okay with it, as an example. I mean, I guess, but he he was the one trying to convince Wax in the first book to like 
get back out there. So that's mm-hmm. a little confusing. Well, I think it's probably there, there's a difference between, hey, Wax, you need to get back out there and meet people. And then he's actually being with someone and someone that you're like, oh, I don't like that person uh, as much already. So then it's like, OK, well, I said that I didn't mean her. Yeah. So like, I, I get it. I get his mindset there. I get it. I get like everything he's going through that that all makes sense. Uh, does not change the fact that I'm not happy with him about it. So it's right. like. Yeah, the decision makes makes perfect sense to me when explained that way. Still don't like it. <laughs> well, because we like Steris now. We're like Wayne. Stop being mm. an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real dick move. Like Wayne, right? So okay, I guess let's get into these things. We can. We'll start with the uh, the broadsheet page here. I like the the first ad is for aluminum doorknobs and locks, so that Alamancers can't just like open your door <laughs> by shoving the locks out. Which that's pretty clever, actually. Yeah. Yep, to be sense. fair, we did see Wax do that a lot in this chapter. He did shove stuff open a lot today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a thing he does. Yeah, I like how he has such disregard for people's, uh, you know, entryways that he like blows his father-in-law's windows open the wrong way and the wrong breaks way. them. <laughs> Oops. Hey, he's in a hurry, okay? And Harms is rich. It's fine. You can break pe- rich people's stuff, right? It's perfectly okay. Uh, wow, you're uh, <laughs> that's uh, that, that is not right. <laughs> Guess um, he's no longer coming to Sunday brunch. Yeah. Uh, another ad is investors wanted. Investing in electrics will grow your wealth. Contact ST, which I'm pretty sure is supposed to be Sophie Tarsell that we met in the previous section. Oh uh, yep. And then there's an article about Wax and his. Uh, Chase and uh, Marksman's death, and the the newspaper is not a fan of Wax, is what we take from this. <laughs> Just this is very Spider Man J Jonah Jameson. It's like who Wax William Latrian? He's a criminal. That's what he is. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, and maybe it's because it came from Aradell today in the chapters that we read. But I feel like the newspaper and Aradell kind of have a point. It's like. He he gets to do kind of whatever he wants, and then everybody else just has to clean up the mess. Mm. And uh, like, there's a point where that becomes irresponsible, because you know he's not like he's not like Batman who pours money into the city to try to make it better, and then also he goes out and fights crime. He he's like he's just kind of solving case by case, kind of doing whatever he wants. Like especially the part today it was egregious. Like and we'll get there in a little bit. It's like. He breaks some dude's car completely, and it's just like, oh, don't worry about it. The city will pay for a new one. Like, I got the impression that he was going to pay for the new one. But... It's, not what it, it's not the way it sounded, but mm, okay. maybe you're yeah. right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and he broke a, it's part of the article. It's like, he destroyed the motor car of Lady Doris Chevelle, who's enjoying a leisurely drive. Mm-hmm. And shot up these accounting offices. Both have retained solicitors. I also like how... They call him Wax in quotations, and it's like his latest caper, though successful, also ended the, in the death of the accused, as well as an in, unidentified bystander. And I was like, okay, maybe the newspaper doesn't have all of the information, but let's be clear, the unidentified bystander killed the guy, killed Marksman, and then took a woman hostage. Yeah, it had to be killed. Like that's that, that, clear. That, that doesn't yeah, fit their angle. Yeah, yeah. Cl- clearly, they don't have all their info correct, but at the same time, they're not wrong about some things. Yeah, I like that picture of him. I did not picture Wax with such 
generous sideburns. The sideburns, yeah. They're massive. Uh, and then there's uh, I've got to bring up the picture of the broadsheet page on my phone because there's a little tiny piece of like that story that we were reading earlier about I'll uh, answer Jack or Gentleman Jack, as he's now called. Ugh. She's like, had I not bested the tribes at the pits of Eltania? Oh, hey, we read about that. I like that the ash mounts are now green with vegetation. Yep. And wasn't it I that had domesticated the fabled long neck horses of the plains of Kermoran? And I'm just imagining, like, what are the long neck? I would think that maybe they were giraffes, except that we heard the word giraffe earlier in the book. Yeah, maybe he's just yeah. too dumb to know that's what they're called. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe they're like llamas or something. I'm just, just trying to picture what animal this is. <laughs> there, there, Felicity. And if they if they are giraffes, that'd be awesome. I want to see him riding a giraffe, like that's, with like a saddle and shit on there. That'd be that'd be <laughs> hilarious. I don't know how you get up there, but other than that, the step ladder. Yeah, yeah. I gotta have a, like a ladder to get on a regular horse. Um, I'm just, uh, uh, I'm not young anymore. That's that's the thing. <laughs> Son, is that a long necked horse? <laughs> I don't know, Pa. It's got all these weird spots on him. Uh, you ain't seen a spotted horse, boy. No. <laughs> uh, I have. I, I did read the thing, by the way. Looks and, like uh, mighty good eating. Got notes. Yeah, it's got some good haunches on it. That that would be a big haunch to eat. I don't know how they how they taste. <laughs> Paul, where have we put the harpoon? <laughs> notes, eh? Yep. How does giraffe taste? <laughs> Why, with your with your testimony, we'll outlaw this insidious slurm. It tastes very similar to horse, but more tender. I haven't had Wait, horse. Uh... Either, so. so the other the other thing in there was uh, somebody's very upset about street racing, and it's it just really strikes me as funny that it's like man, it's ruining horse <laughs> racing, the, the street racing. <laughs> Yeah. Justin Bieber's out here with his rented Lambo. It's the worst. <laughs> but no, the, the the best thing on, on this broadsheet is like the cadmium misting who's like, oh, I'm going to get through this board meetings. Speed up time. <laughs> like, oh, fucking goal. Yes, yes, you are winning, <laughs> sir or madam. That's so weird, though, because it's like it doesn't make a lot of sense because like people would notice him just yep. sitting there not moving or doing anything. Honestly, it's just like, why even show up at that point? Yeah, like, just they're gonna go know to your you're office. ignoring it's, them. Just, yeah. just, just go to your probably, office and do it. It could it could be required attendance. Yeah, I guess. If you're on a I board have, of like, directors. I don't know I, that they can require you to show up. I've been I've been to so I've been to so many work meetings. Not at my current job, thankfully. Which like, it's like, oh man, I gotta sit through this, and like, I don't say anything or interact with what's going on at all. But it's like, cool, no worries. An hour later. Oh, oh I, do, I do know that feeling because I am in many, many meetings that I know I don't need to be in and don't have anything to do with. The other, yep. the other day, I'm sitting there for like an hour just ignoring this meeting and working on other stuff because I know that there's nothing relevant going on. When I get like a message, it's like, hey, aren't you coming to this other meeting that you're actually that you actually need to do stuff at? I was like, oh, shit, I got so caught up ignoring this one meeting. I didn't realize the other meeting had started. <laughs> fun, fun. Uh, there's a baker decorating pastries with Atium flakes. Like, yeah, I mean, I assume it's fake Atium flakes, but yeah. Uh, but, yeah. But, what, but just imagine, what if it was real? It's like, 
Like, I mean, we all know hash brownies are a thing, but do you imagine a Sphere <laughs> or a Mistborn taking these things? It's like, I can see the future! They're <laughs> <laughs> just having no clue why this is happening. It's such a small portion of the population that even if Adia Mistings or Mistborn still do exist, they'd be so tiny a portion. It's like, yeah, man, like, we we had these brownies at the party, like 30 people there. Most people, like, just didn't feel a thing. Except Brian in the corner was just freaking the fuck out every time. He's like, someone's about to go through that door! And then they did. <laughs> and then they did. My hands can touch anything but themselves. Oh, oh wait. wait. <laughs> okay, okay. So we get the chapter. We I'd kind of forgotten that uh, as we come back in, Wax is falling out of a window. But it's it's fine. He can do shit like that. Yeah. And uh, he has some thoughts about Vin. They rarely called her by her name. Her title, like those of the other preservers, were used to show reverence. Was used. And uh, apparently, like, Sazed in his book wrote kind of what happened with her. She melded with the mists, taking them upon herself and becoming the guardian, their guardian, as they became her essence. And sometimes he thinks he can see her, like, form in the mist. It's like, it's just my imagination, right? It's her yelling at him, I don't know you. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, why does she care? I like the, you know, she she's the, she watches over those in the night. I'm like, man, Vin turned into Moon Knight. Right? Yep. Watching <laughs> over travelers in the night. It seems like Vin's sort of thing. Yeah. I buy that. Um, But it's interesting to me that when he gets to the bottom, there's nobody there. And somebody who's standing there is like, well, we saw a chair fall down, but nobody else. So a, a dude totally jumped out that window. Maybe he was a, a either bleeder with some sort of power or maybe just a misting or something. Yeah, or maybe he's dead. <laughs> he's just dead behind a bush. <laughs> he fell real hard back there. He's um, like, oh, I shouldn't have jumped out that window. That was a mistake. But Wax hears a car like tearing off. He's, or or and feels it with or his uh, or sees it with his steel vision or whatever, and in he's he's hesitant like that could be unrelated, but I don't see anything else that looks suspicious, so I guess I'll go after it. And so yeah, he just flies up over the car, and it's, I mean same thing he did while cha- chasing marksman basically is he flies over the car, then gets real heavy and pushes down to force it to stop. It's just, he pops the wheels like tomatoes, and squashes the roof. Just enough to bend the metal doors in their housings. See, they're going to move into fiberglass cars way sooner than uh, <laughs> we did here. It's just too much. <laughs> I guess you still have a big-ass engine in there, so it's not really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's, it's a cabbie who's like, oh, he got out like two streets back. He didn't even let me stop. Please don't. So Wax is like, I mean, it could be Bleeder. And he, he asks Harmony, like, in his head, it's like, is, is it him? And says is just like, uh, <laughs> It's like, if I knew that, I wouldn't need you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he tells the guy, or yeah, he finds out where where the fair supposedly got out, and then tells the guy to go to the police station, wait for me there, we got some questions, and once I'm satisfied, we'll buy you a new motor. It does say we, I don't know who... Uh, what the we refers to exactly, but yeah. Also, like it's like, yeah, go go to the precinct station. It's like I can't get out of the door. You squashed it. <laughs> I was thinking that too. 
Okay, how exactly is he going to get out? Do, do they have tow trucks yet? I was about to say, I wonder if tow trucks have been invented. <laughs> the tow truck is just a horse with a hook on his tail. Right. And so he's he's going through these, uh, he's heading down there, going down these dark streets and alleys, trying to track down Bleeder and wondering, is that is was that Bleeder, what kind of power might Bleeder be using right now? It could be a coin shot or a lurcher or it could be anything, really. And then he realizes that as a dozen men come falling out of uh, this warehouse, that he has been led into a trap. I love I love this train of thought. It's like, ah, oh, relief. He hadn't lost his quarry. He'd simply been led into a trap. Wait. <laughs> damn it. It actually, it actually just cuts away to, wait. Damn. Oh, good. It's just a trap. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And there shoot they he he managed to throw himself back into cover after uh after a second, but uh he does get clipped in the arm by a bullet. And he also notes that not all of the bullets have lines pointing at them, so aluminum bullets are in use. And he's just like, Man, Bleeder has is better funded than I expected, actually, if she can afford that. And these dozen people are just like shooting over and over while he's behind this brick wall. He's like, Why are they doing that? Like Oh, they're trying to distract me because here come some people behind me. And I even on this misty night in the dark, he manages to like two shots, take two of these guys down real quick. But there's still three left with uh, crossbows and things might have gone poorly for him, except that out of the shadows, a guy just like gets pulled away into the shadows. And it's uh, he heard an irk of pain. And uh, he says Wayne, and a feminine voice says not exactly, which is a weird answer, actually. I mean, you're not Wayne at all, as far as we know. I don't know what you mean, not exactly, but okay. And it is the lady from the party. Now, not just, I believe he mentioned her that a lot of the top half of her dress was missing at the party. Now a lot of the bottom half of the dress is also missing because she's ripped off her skirt below the knees. And he, he pulls his gun on her, and she's like, dude, I just saved you, really? And so he's going to, after he accepts that, okay, maybe she's not here to kill me, he's going to fly them out, and she's like, no, no, I heard those guys talking before we killed them. They uh, they have snipers on five roofs watching for you to push into the mists with aluminum bullets. Like, oh, geez, this was a really well-prepared trap, actually. Well, yeah, we know that Mr. Suit is competent, if nothing else. Yeah. And uh, he's like, who are you? And she says, does it matter now? And he says, no. So... We're going to put that uh, behind us for right this second. And more guys even start showing up as they're trying to run away. And he's like, how does how many men does Bleeder have? And she's like, well, this cannot be Bleeder. Like, how could she have recruited an army of dudes? She's always worked on her own. Sorry, can we just back up a bit there? Yeah. Um, right before they start running, like Wax talks about, uh, he feels stronger in the mists. It shouldn't be so. He was no pewter arm, but there it was. Like, do people just believe that thugs are the only ones who get powerful in the mists? I thought that was a an everything, everyone thing. I don't know that anyone actually, except for Vin drawing on the mist, ever got more powerful in the mist. It was the mist react to people using alamancy. They like swirl around them or something. But um, I think that he mentions pewter arm here because a pewter arm like. When they burn, they do get stronger, and their they oh, bodies feel stronger. Right, right, yeah. So it's the, the way it was phrased made it sound like the mists made pewter arms strong. I'm like, what? How is yeah. what? 
No, but I agree. It, it is it is interesting that uh, he does feel like he gets some sort of boost out of here, and maybe it's just all in his head because he's he just kind of likes the mists, or maybe there's something else going on we don't know about. Wouldn't be the first time the mists have been up to something. Right. And uh, as they decide they're going to have to fight, Milan reaches into her cleavage, which turns transparent, and pulls out some uh, some guns. Or a gun. And she says, so convenient. You can store all sorts of things in those. I thought pockets in a dress was cool. <laughs> that, this is like next level pocket. Uh, yeah. And well, maybe... Miss the memo. It's like you meant to hide them in your bra, not the thing <laughs> in your bra. Well, I was about to say maybe explains like we when he first meets her, we get like this thing about how she's very uh, like busty or whatever, and now it's like oh so, because she can decide how big they are, so she wants to store more stuff. It makes complete sense to me now. <laughs> like you got like I'm assuming couple- Wayne will be quite envious. <laughs> <laughs> the best disguise that ability to disguise he's gonna love it <clears throat> and she says that she is malon pronouncing slightly different now the father promised you help i'm it and he gets sort of a, a a mental message from harmony that you can trust this one so he's like all right, all right. complete with like uh this sense of endlessness that he's like okay so i guess basically that's harmony's signature so that i know this isn't bleeder trying to speak into my head like earlier which i hadn't thought of that that bleeder could pretend to be harmony and like lead him astray so uh i'm glad somebody had sure and uh we got i think it's 12 guys chasing them four people ahead and she's like you want the ones in front or behind and he says he'll take the ones behind and she's like ah such a gentleman by the way, I'm technically not supposed to kill people. I uh, I think I already broke that rule tonight. So if we survive, please don't tell Ten soon that I murdered a bunch of people again. It upsets him. Again. He hates yeah. when I do this. That was exactly my reaction. Again. Yeah. I mean, after the Ten soon reveal. Also, we, we skipped the fact that uh, she's apparently the one that he met a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. They have met before, she says. I've been watching over you. That's creepy. Yeah, it would be very creepy, yes. <laughs> I mean, she Guardian. says they've met once, so I don't feel like that's a watching over thing necessarily. Well, that, that they've met once doesn't mean that's the only time she's observed. Oh, that's a good point. Yep. I mean, you know, Harmony's had, had a bit of an interest in him, so maybe she's been around for a, a while. She's been the understudy for Wax, should something bad <laughs> happen to Wax. Wax. If Wax dies, take his bones. Yep, there you go. What do, I, what do I do about Wayne? Fuck knows. <laughs> I thought you were going to say fuck him. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, I know Wax and Wayne are close, but jeez. No, I was more just like, screwing the blob monster? That's kind of weird. <laughs> okay, also weird, yeah. I'm not going to disagree with that either. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so I, I wonder if Tensoon is like the boss now. Like, it kind of makes... Like, don't tell Tensoon about this. Or if he's just... Because we learn in the first trilogy or whatever that he's he was kind of like her, the person who helped her learn stuff. So like a kind of a big brother thing. So maybe that's all it is. It's like, oh, don't tell my big brother that I murdered a bunch of people again. Because this is, Milan is one of the few like named Conjure that we knew from the first, uh, the first uh, trilogy. So yeah. nice to see her back. Yeah, it, re- it really um, came off as a, 
Okay, um, so we want to bring in some Kandras. Uh, let's bring in some of like the, you know, the the lesser seen ones, but who had names, so we can tie it back to the original trilogy. So we'll bring <laughs> back uh, Melan here, and uh, may- maybe we'll bring back um, like that weirdo who grew an arm out of his face, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's for sure. It's funny you say it that way because I was actually thinking just before we recorded today that I was just like. Malon didn't really have much of a role in the first trilogy. Like she was, she kind of had a couple of interactions with Tensoon and that was it. She was, she, she felt kind of pointless. So I'm just like, did Brandon introduce her in the first trilogy because he had plans to use her in like later stuff? Maybe she'll be a main character, like somewhere, even in like the next trilogy, since Conjure can live however long, assuming she doesn't die right now, which we know she doesn't because we got to the end of the chapter, but <laughs> So, I, I think yeah. it was like um, like Jim Butcher's talked about it with the Dresden Files. Like he'll just throw in characters here and there, just like oh, this could be fun for like a little one shot thing, and then like he can decide when he's doing later books. It's like, am I going to use that character again? That might be fun, mm. and it, or or it might not, which is why some of them have come back in a big way and others haven't. Yep, we got Butters. It was like a one shot, and then became pretty important. Yep, but this is where Wax finally puts together that. His uncle must be behind this with the the planning and the the aluminum bullets and all this. It's like, oh, crap, if Bleeder and the set are working together, which is what we've been theorizing since the beginning, basically. So good good job catching up, Wax. And so, you know, he starts shooting the dudes uh, behind them and Milan's doing he, – he doesn't have time to pay attention to whatever she's doing. Assume that she's carrying her into this deal. Not all of them are using aluminum, though, so he man- he does manage to push some of their weapons out of their hands, stop some of the bullets in the air, and he takes down, like most of these guys, some coming at him with dueling canes and others with bows, and he runs out of bullets, which I like that he, he, he says both out, or he thinks both out, I believe, and pulls the triggers anyway. And then one of the guys who's now, who's like cowering backwards, is like, hey, he's out, get him! He's defenseless. And Wax is like, why do they think I need guns to be dangerous? And w- once again, this is a very cinematic moment where he's just like, he pulls, he reaches into his coat, pulls out the like grappling hook thing on the end of a rope and just drops the, the metal so it hits the ground with a clink. And he's like, this is how it used to be done. And he starts like slaughtering people with the the spike whirling around, rope flying places. It's just, I would love to see that done cinematically. Although it kind of reminds me, I think, of uh, of actually Shang-Chi, now that I'm thinking about it, and his sister. Oh, yeah. She doesn't need, like, pushing powers to make it just fly around doing whatever. <laughs> but uh, as he kills the second-to-last guy, he thinks there's just one more, and he turns around, but he's going to be too slow. The last guy has an aluminum gun, and he goes, the set sends its regards, law, and then gets a knife rammed into his back and Malon says, here's a tip kid. Save the wisecracks until your foe is dead like this. See how easy it is. And she, mm. kick, she kicks the dead guy in the face, which is just mean. Yeah, this was, uh, this was the, this was definitely the part where I was like, man, this is, uh, this is not even that fun. It's just kind of dumb. <laughs> I love it. It got very corny. Yeah. It got cornbally real quick. <laughs> oh my gosh i like melon here so and uh even with her her jokes so i'm good with it yeah and the old translucent breast joke like i haven't seen that a million times <laughs> <laughs> and 
so he's he thinks Bleeder is going after Lord Harms. I don't remember if we if he even mentioned that before now, but so at the I end of he, he did he speculated it uh, at the end Which of the last one because, you guys were like wait his dad's alive <laughs> yeah we had we all had all these speculations like oh my god his dad's alive or is Edwan his real dad and she's going mm-hmm. after him and everything <laughs> it's like oh no it's my father in law and we was like oh yeah that uh... <laughs> <laughs> no see I I still don't buy it I'm like nah that's wrong you're wrong you're dumb wax <laughs> you're dumb. <laughs> It's uh, it's a hundred percent the guy who who you think is your uncle, and that's your dad. Oh so yeah, but it's it's more just the fact that we never even considered him as a possibility. Well, like, that's what uh, I was yeah, because it doesn't ask, make but... sense. Like that's what I'm saying. Like wax is stupid. Like this, that's <laughs> dumb. That's not good logic. Oh, it must be my father-in-law. Oh. Well, the only thing close to a father that he has at this point, as far as he knows. I so... guess, but I don't so, know. It's just dumb. I mean, it, make, it, it makes more sense than the priest. Well, yeah, and yeah. so now we have what Wax thinks is the answer to that question in the priest. But when we were at this point, I think Joe pretty obviously was like, "Oh no, that's dumb." Did 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 that convince you guys? Were you like, "Oh, that makes sense," and that maybe that is who Bleeder is going after, or were you still skeptical? What with the father-in-law? Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, th- I thought, oh yeah, I guess that's logical. I can see, I can see that. Okay. Yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a. Uh, okay, all right, we missed the mark on that one, and I just sort of accepted it and moved on. And then when we got to the priest, I was like, oh, the father. I didn't even think about the religions were different, but that's how I felt anyway. Hmm. Okay. So he's going to go try to save Lord Harms from potential murder, and he tells Malon to meet meet him or somebody that he sends at a bar. And Tells her good luck, and she's like, I'm not the one who needs help, dude. I'm basically bulletproof, so. <laughs> Again, pretty corny. Now that we were just brought it up, though, I guess technically Bleeder also did kill his father of his religion because that's who Bones, uh, mm. the conjurer, was using when it came to the church. But anyway, we'll get to that. Apparently, yeah. the priests of that church are not – or kind of, it's kind of a weird – because we know – that he his religion doesn't seem to have like organized meetings or anything like that. It's a very like solo thing, based on how he described it last time. Mm. So he elects instead of you know flying into the air because those snipers are still out there, he jumps into the canal, and he's gonna try to get out that way without being spotted. Which you know maybe that's a good plan. And then we cut back to Wayne, and he's uh, asking people questions about the guy who jumped out the window. You know, was he, was he acting weird or anything like that? And I love that he's got a pad that he seems to be taking notes on until a little later we find out that he's like, oh, no. And he, there's just, like, scribbles on there. He's like, now, people will answer questions with more information if they think you're writing something down. It's like, well, we, we know he can't read or write, so. <laughs> <laughs> I still think that was that was just a joke on his part. <laughs> Well, it's funny though, because I, I, um, I think it was when I was in retail, someone said, you know, if you want someone to like think you look important or that you're doing something, carry a clipboard. Even if you've got nothing on the clipboard, people just like you must mm. be the guy that's doing stuff. So <laughs> Wayne's onto something there. Yeah. And he ends questioning this woman by asking her where she got her shoes, and she's like, my my shoes, yeah. They look pretty comfortable, they do. Can't have too many pairs of black pumps. They go with rusting everything. 
you're a man. Sure am. Check the last time I pissed. The shoes? <laughs> oh, what a line. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> that classic Wayne, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yep. And she does not even flinch when he when he says that. Nope. She just tells him where she on Yeoman Street. I'll go to Yeoman Street, a tin wheel promenade. Mm-hmm. Hey, at least it's not Yedin Street. I'm hoping they didn't name <laughs> yeah. anything after that guy. <laughs> when I was reading that's it out. what I said. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Nice. She gave him that look that people seem to give only to Wayne, the one that he hadn't quite <laughs> figured out. <laughs> But apparently he has a pair of pumps in his disguise box, and he they're awful. He's like, I can't wear those one more time. Dude, I get you. Shoes are uncomfortable, bro. Particularly pumps. I will take anyone's word for that. I'm not going to – I'm I'm not going to experience them because uh, I have heard bad things. So, you know. So he has a very interesting thing where it's like uh, his thinking about – this person and whether they are actually bleeder. Cause he's just like, no one thinks this per- this guy was acting weird, but also no one likes him. He's a screw up and he's the new guy. And it's like an amateur of disguise might think making the new guy was a good disguise. But when you can be anyone, why would you pick like the low man on the totem pole? Basically who was also new. Like that just adds to suspicion Picking a cl- also picking a habitual klutz with a bad reputation just leads everyone watching over your shoulder, which is not what you want when you're trying to impersonate someone. And then Wayne uh, goes to give the governor's head of security the information he's discovered, only to find that uh, all the guards are standing there guarding nothing. The governor and his head of security slipped out while no one was looking. And uh, the fact that they've that they've managed to trick him, the guards are very smug about this. And uh, he's like, yeah, if we fooled you, hopefully we fooled the assassin. And Wayne's like, I'm supposed to be protecting him. And the guy goes, well, you're doing a rusting good job of that, mate, ain't you? And then smirked. And so Wayne punches him. He spits out his gum and then punches him, which, all right. Well, you don't want to choke on your gum. You don't, but it's also just mean. You spit out in the middle of, like, this ballroom. Also, he's taken to this gum. Yep. Re- like. Just about every scene he's been in since he first tried it, he's had a piece. And it's like, man, this stuff is great. <laughs> That's going to be his thing now. I was wondering, it's like... It's actually filled with nicotine. It's nicotine <laughs> gum. Could be. Yeah. Cocaine gum. <laughs> that was a thing. No, thanks. That's going to That's gonna be Wayne's story arc as he gets addicted to cocaine. <laughs> cocaine has adium in it. That'd be weird, given that it comes <laughs> from flowers. You just... <laughs> Uh, but any, okay, so we cut back to Wax, who's flying through the city, trying to get to Harm's place. And so he he busts through the windows, rolling guns out, and Lord Harm's just like at his writing desk in a swivel chair, and he sees him come in and scrambles to the desk drawer, pulls out his gun. Where are they? We we can take them, eh, old boy. Wax's like, wait, you have a gun? He's like, yeah, after what happened last year, man, I realized the guy has to be armed. What's the emergency? I'll have your back. Yeah, because that's what he wants. I, I mean, you know, there are worse things in life to have than a very than a father-in-law who is very supportive of your hobbies. It's true. Make a very valid point. Yeah. I don't like his first name, though. Jackstom, yeah. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't sound right. No, yeah, I, I have trouble saying it. Mm. Jackstom Harms. Nah. 
Mm. Doesn't doesn't fit. And so he tests him a little bit by asking him about kind of a a memory that maybe, you know, uh, Condra wouldn't have interrogated him about, which was kind of one of the approaches that Vin took when she was trying to find the Condra was uh, you got to ask them stuff that only we would know, but also stuff that they wouldn't the Condra wouldn't have asked about in like a, a torture session to try to impersonate them. And so he tells Lord Harms that he's in danger. I got to get you out of here. And Lord Harms said, what about, what about my daughter? And there's like a lot, a paragraph where he's like, as if he had only one. Stairs is fine. Wayne's watching her. Let's go. I don't know that Wayne's watching her that closely. Let's be fair. And so he's like, Bleeder is like older than the destruction of the world and has spent centuries studying human behavior. How can I possibly outthink her to make a choice that she couldn't predict? And the solution is you don't try. He chooses a, a spot completely at random, we find out later. And he sticks in there. Yeah, and after the chapter ended, I was like, does he go back and get him, or does he just right? leave him there? Yeah, he's just going to stay there. Oh, yeah. And so uh, we cut to after the fight, where Wayne is sitting down uh, bruised, uh, across from a huddle of bruised and obviously angry men. Wayne is eating a sandwich. <laughs> Where'd he get that? He traded for it, obviously. I mean, they were in a party yeah. with a bunch of food, right? So, Oh, uh, yeah. He traded leftovers. a punch in the face for a sandwich. <laughs> a knuckle sandwich for, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. a good trade. Let's see if we got the name sandwich in it. So, Who's and, corny now? Yeah, right. <laughs> Us. Yep, always. <laughs> I like Steris is tr- actually kind of trying to, to have a conversation. She's like, oh, Wayne. Those are the governor's guards. He's probably going to need them. And Wayne's like, not my fault. They was being unaccommodating. And so she just kind of sits down beside him and sighs. And she's talking about wax. Like, it's always going to be like this, huh? Just being left behind in the middle of something. Always half feeling I'm a part of his life. And Wayne says, well, I mean, you could do the noble thing and just give up the marriage. Let him loose to find someone he actually likes. And... Uh, he, okay, he's not wrong when she responds, well, what about my family's investment in his house? And Wayne says, well, I know this here is revolutionary words, Steris, but you can loan a chap money without him having to jump you in appreciation, if you know my meaning. Jeez, Wayne, come on, man. It's very rude and kind of horrible, especially since we know Steris kind of does like wax. But yeah. he's also not wrong that, uh, you know, you can loan a guy money without having to get married to him. Yeah, but the thing is, like, he just doesn't give an ounce of a shit about that. Like, he's just like a get, uh, get away from my buddy sort of yep. thing and just saying whatever he can to try and drive it home. Mm-hmm. And like, man, man, you're out of line. Like, you, this is as much as I like Wayne. There are times he's he can be really annoying because he's just automatically assuming it's like, well, I, I just know best because I'm so clever and all. Mm. And this, this is one of those times. It's like you're actually not, mate. Step the fuck back. <laughs> And especially because we get like this look into her head here where she's mm-hmm. just like, he was always crass and whimsical, but rarely blatantly rude. He saved that for her. And she's like, what does he want? I, I've tried all these things to try to to make this work. And it just makes things worse. Mm. And Stress says, did he say where he was going? And Wayne's like, no, I mean, he was chasing. He could have gone anywhere chasing bleeders. So he'll come back when he can. And if I leave, I'll just miss him. So we got to stay here. And she she says, do you hate me because of what I represent? 
And Wayne says, I don't hate you. I find you repulsive. That there is an important distinction. It is. And that's when he, uh, as she's trying to talk, just gets up and walks over to stand with the guards that have been glaring at him that he's just beaten up, giving an, a message that I would rather be with these guys than talking to you. Which, yeah, that that's just the worst. But I actually kind of appreciate the uh, the depth of character that that we, we've got a character that we actually like in Wayne. But Brandon never depicts them as like without fault. Like the the good guys oh, are not yeah. always good. I like the 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 depth there. Yeah, no, it it is it is good. Um, like and let and let's be, let's be fair. If it was a character that we didn't really care about that he was doing this to, we wouldn't give an ounce of a shit. Right. It's just it's just because he's picked someone who we have grown to really like, and we're just like, oh, hang on a minute. So like that's you know that that might be on that might be on us, but. Yeah, and also because you know, while we were confused at first by her behavior we as readers have an understanding for that behavior um but wax doesn't have that understanding yeah so it's one of those things where it's like okay you kind of get why he's like this but at the same time you're kind of like well i mean we ain't gonna go that far yeah Mm -hmm. but uh here's where marisai shows up and tells Terrace that i'm sending you somewhere safe and Sarah's like, no, I think the danger's passed, unless Wayne's picking fights again. And she's like, no, no, this has just started. Something else has happened. Wayne, get over here. We got work to do. And we cut back to Wax, who has deposited Lord Harms in a ra- on top of a random tower, basically, that he picked numbers on a map and just was like, okay, I'm leaving you here. Hi- hiding in darkness at the top of this tower. Yeah, that's the part where I'm really like, is he going to go get him? Because he's just like... <laughs> It's on some random building, just hiding in the dark. It's weird, <laughs> it makes, man. Yeah, it makes it sound to me like he's like, he puts him on the top floor of his building and puts him in a closet or something. And it's like, okay, you stay in here and be quiet. Yeah, <laughs> you stay here, don't move. I'll be back, maybe, if I remember. He, no, he, it's, like, it's like he hasn't even put him inside. He's just put him on the spire or something. It's like, all right, now you just wait here. Do your best King Kong impression. I'll be back in a couple of hours. Yeah, it's like he, he's just, like just, Batman. Just he's like Batman. He left him on a rooftop and he's like, all right, see ya. Wait, what, are you just gonna leave me here? Yeah, just hide in the dark or something. <laughs> no, I, I imagine Hobbs is probably just really into this. He's sitting up there, just going, "This is my city. I will protect it. I will." And then Wax comes back, he's like, "Are you talking to yourself?" No. I feel like Harms will be into it for the first like hour, maybe, and then it's like, okay, yeah. um, I gotta it's pee. Like I kinda, yeah, I gotta pee, and also it'd be nice if I had like some alcohol up here, um, I'm maybe cold. some food. Yeah. I'm cold. Yeah. <laughs> it's also, windy. is my is my daughter okay? I mean, okay. Well. It's like they they get. <laughs> Can to the I end have of... my gun back or? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine like they get to the end of the book and they're just like, guys, I feel like there's something we've forgotten. And it's like, now what can we possibly have forgotten? And then Steris comes out. And it's like, hi, hi guys. Has, has anyone seen my dad? And Wax <laughs> goes, oh, oh, oh shit! I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a week later and he's still just hanging to the top of this building it's like hello <laughs> the after, was... the cre- after credit scene is just him yeah. up there <laughs> this is a if this was like a tv show like the the transition to black would be like a circle that comes in to the middle on wax and be like whoops and it'd be like <laughs> uh, okay so wax goes to find the governor 
and he spots three unmarked carriages that left the tower. Two of them must be decoys and kind of starts eliminating them until he finds the correct one. And uh, so he pops onto the, he just drops onto the carriage, nods to the surprise coachman and then swings down and knocks on the door. The window shade opens and the security guy's like, Ladrian, what the hell are you doing? Being polite. May I come in? So, okay, they, they, they let him in. And the governor's like, oh, geez, breaking up my party wasn't enough for you. Now you got to harass me on my way home, too. And Wax is just immediately like he shrugs and goes to climb back out. And the guy's like, well, what are you doing? I'm leaving. Like, there's a, a lot of better places I could be. Most of them more pleasant than this. So here you go. Have a gun. And the governor's like, I don't need a gun. I have bodyguards. Yeah, so did your brother. Just take it. I'll feel guilty when you get shot if I haven't done something. The governor thinks that his brother was killed because of his flirtations with the underbelly of Elendel. They won't touch me. And Wax's like, yeah, I'm sure. That's, uh, you know how to spot a conjurer, right, Drim? And the governor's like, uh, those are myths. And Wax's like, oh, really? Okay, well, then I guess the one I met tonight was lying. I don't know how she made her skin transparent, but whatever. He seemed to have it in hand. One of the faceless immortals was at my party. Two, actually. One came to help. I would introduce you, but uh, your mind seems made up. And so, yeah, he just keeps tr- acting like he's going to leave. And finally, the gunner's like, OK, fine, you've made your point. Just. And so he's kind of convinced him, kinda, not Drim. Drim's like, come on, this is bullshit, right? But the governor's like, so you can introduce me to one of these to, like, actually prove what you're saying. But why would Harmony's servant want to kill Lord Winston? And Wax like, so the conjurer's gone crazy. Don't know exactly what she's up to, but trying to keep you alive. And, uh. Wax says he's going to take over the governor's security, and uh, his security guy's like, hey, like, hell you are. And the governor's like, no, 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 you can't do that. And so Wayne goes, or Wax goes for the door again. Like, okay, there's a play I want to see, so I'll just go catch the tail end of that. I'm sure your head of security can handle if the conjurer shows up. He knew that they were at the party, right? He didn't miss Wayne slipping in wearing a disguise, right? And, okay, okay, yes, you've made your point <laughs> again. That's a good point about Wayne, too. Like, the, yeah. he was on your list of people not to let in, so... Well, like, that's that's something they can't dispute. And it's like, oh, candor's unreal, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, you missed Wayne getting in at the party. And it's like, all right, yes, you've got us on that one. So it's like not only did a guy on your whose name was on your list of people not to let in, just like put on a different outfit and make it in. But that was after he already approached the door once and was turned away. So your guy at the door knew what he <laughs> looked like. It's yeah. Hmm. Also, Marissa, I got in with him, which I was yep. like, oh. I guess the professor got a plus one. Plan to kidnap the professor. <laughs> and so the, the 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 conversation kind of ends with the governor being like, okay, I want to meet this uh, this Kandra tonight. I want to see this proof of yours, ruffian. I guess a, a well, ruffian is someone from the roughs. Yeah. Now, hang on. You skipped sure. over a great paragraph where they're talking about, like he's thinking about who Bleeder could be in the governor's staff. It's like, like could be anyone. The, like could be the like could be the wife. Could be a niece or a nephew. Could be a toddler. Like it could be one of the house pets in the Historica Kandra imitated animals. I'm like one. One of them did that yeah. and got shit on for it. He really did. <laughs> I, I, yeah, like, I like how the story has transitioned. Where because Tensun's role was so important, right? As an animal. Yeah. And I was just like, all the Kandra sure. did that, and the rest of them are just like, no, no, we didn't. <laughs> But yeah. also, I, I like the, the idea of like, to, the house pets are secretly the assassins. It's like, kitty's coming at you with a knife. 
I mean, if my cat was really determined to kill me, he could probably manage it if he was, you know, had that kind of intelligence. Just I'm asleep and he walks up and like rips out your throat or something. It could totally happen. Yeah. yeah. Or, uh, you know, Wouldn't he, like, put a pasta cat. He yeah, right. His, he shoves his paws into your mouth and so you suffocate. <laughs> I, I, I have had a cat like paw my face in the middle of the night. So, you know, it could happen. Yeah. The worst is when they lick you with their bristly tongue on your face when you're trying to sleep. <laughs> you're like, get off of me. Yeah. So, I mean, not not a cat attacking, but uh, I don't know if I've shared this story on the, the podcast before. When Dak and I started dating, the very first time he stayed over, it was middle of the night and the curtains were open a little bit, the moonlight was coming through, and I looked over and there's my cat standing over Dak looking at him. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, to this day, the creepiest thing I've ever witnessed. It's like a, um, what is this doing here? Yeah. She's yeah, like, she would absolutely eat you in the night. <laughs> yeah. What do you call this? Yeah. But now you have to put Who up have I found you with in shit. this bed? <laughs> yeah, this that is cat is my now bed. 19 and a half. Like, it could not wow. fight back yeah. to save its life. <laughs> Makes a goddamn baby, racket, though. The baby tackles and it goes, don't touch me. <laughs> very, very fierce cat. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's that, that's a nice age for that's, that's a ni- nice long lived cat. Yeah. Well, it's it's great because this is going to sound really weird. She's going um, deaf in her old age, which mm-hmm. means that when the baby starts screaming, the cat doesn't get bothered by it. Ah, makes sense. Yeah. I don't know that my cats ever seem very bothered. Like they'll leave if the if the little ones are like yelling, but they don't seem particularly put out about it. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Sorry. Back to the thing. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just picturing like you're sleeping and the cat's just standing over you, like, what's mm-hmm. this thing doing? It's terrifying. <laughs> well, she does it to the baby now too. If the baby's oh. in our bed, she gets all like, "What's going on here?" And then the baby starts laughing, and it's just <laughs> the whole ordeal. Okay. Yeah, that's. I think I think you described it that night. It's like you, like the cat was perfectly silhouetted by the moon, so it looked like the bat, like Batman silhouette. Bat Correct. Cat. Yes. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, okay. Sorry. So he he explains that. Oh, also, this conjurer could have access to any of the metallic arts. So that's that's out there. And the conjurer's like, "How do you stop something like that?" And he's like, "I don't know, actually. I mean, really, you should probably be dead already." And he's like, I mean, yeah, it could have killed me as easily as it did my brother. Why hasn't it? And he's like, yeah, I mean, I guess she has some sort of agenda bigger than just you. Who knows? And Wax tells him he should get out of the city. And the governor's just like, no, I can't leave the city. Are you stupid? Like, with everything happening, my career would be over. Better than your life being over. I don't know. It, it, I, I'm, I'm torn on do you respect the guy for being like, no, I'm I'm in charge of the city. I have to stay when things are bad, even if it might mean my life. Or is it more like, oh, I can't let my career get ruined by me looking cowardly because one of those is you, you might respect. And the other one, you're like, oh, really? I mean, they're they're both sort of true, really. So I can see both sides of that coin. It's kind of like, a, all right, well, if I leave all this bad shit will happen. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's bad. And if I leave, this will happen to me. I'm like. Well, I don't really care about that. But it's like, but I can understand someone like, you know, he's already outlined the the altruistic reasons. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so then he tells uh, 
or they arrive at the at where they're going, and a woman's like, "Hey, we, we just got a telenote through the wire. Something's happened. A murder." He's like, "Oh no, not Lord Harms!" Like if Bleeder had actually found Lord Harms after all that, that would have actually been real <laughs> impressive. And the woman's just like, "No, who the hell is that?" It was Father Ben, the priest. And so we cut to Marisai, who's looking up at this corpse. This uh, this old priest has been nailed to the wall with a spike through each eye. That's, yeah, it's uh, not a great picture. A disturbingly reverent scene. Reminded her of something out of the Historica, though she couldn't remember what. So we know that from a conversation just very recently that the Historica is like, the part of the that says left behind that explain like the story, uh, the history of what happened at the end of the world. I don't know. Was anybody nailed like that? I don't remember that necessarily. I'm not sure what that reference is. Other than obviously just like a steel inquisitor. Mm. I don't know. Maybe they're all referring to iron eyes as death. So maybe it's just mm. symbolic of the reaper. Yeah. Yeah. I almost thought like they were trying to tie it to the survivor somehow. Like, him being pierced by the spear, but obviously like some weird mythology has cropped up over the years from, from that story. So, yeah, well, they, I think they like one of the churchgoers says that later. It's like, a perver- it's a perversion of how the survivor mm-hmm. died. I'm like, I don't see how it is. But... <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. It's very strange. I guess maybe like when the survivor was fighting that inquisitor, the, the survivor, when Kelsey was fighting the inquisitor, he, and he beheads him after like smashing him in the head face with a rock and like nailing him to a cart by his own spikes before he cuts to like trap him before he cuts the head off. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. That was the big final fight where he gets killed. So maybe that, maybe that kind of ties into everything. But yeah, so she's, she's going to talk to the convecticalists, the people who work in a survivor's church aside from the priest. So an old gray haired woman in the formal dress of a church matron. And like she walks, they, they walk up, she and Aridel to ready and ready's like, so you want to handle the interrogation yourself, sir? And the people are all sitting there and they hear the word interrogation. They're like, wait, what? And Aridel's like, no, I think we'll let Lieutenant Combs give this one a shot. And so she's trying to play it nice. You know, she's like my condolences. I mean, well, I don't know why you wouldn't. It's not like these people have done anything, but my condolences on your loss. And apparently we, we, we get real quick into apparently there is a uh, uh, some feelings between the survivorists and the Pathians because this church matron is like, I knew those Pathians were a miscreant bunch. I always knew it. They want chaos, nothing but chaos. And so they had a thousand people in the dome for worship. The mist had put in quite an appearance. And this Pathian, they call it priest for lack of a better word, but I don't think they're actually called priests is what we find out. But she's like, oh, yeah, we know this Larkspur guy. Every, you always see him at community functions. People feel like they have to invite a Pathian priest just to not show favoritism. No one wants them around. The underpriest is like, yeah, those barely fit in his robes. They don't even dress up to worship. Very, like, wow. So... This bit, I started thinking, thinking, okay, so, like, the original trilogy, like, yeah, I've had says in all the religions he had, but that was sort of a side thing for the most part. And then Elantris, like, the fight, the war between religions was a central part of the conflict, and now we're getting that again, I'm like, is it, it, 
like, do, are all these books going to have some sort of underpinning of religion versus religion? Because after Elantris, I think, like, okay, can we, we, we can do something else now, you know? <laughs> hmm. Definitely not the only time it shows up. It's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I guess uh, as, as we progress, you will have to make that judgment on uh, for yourself, but we'll see. I put uh, the brain in the robot, you know. <laughs> and so apparently this person that I guess we have to assume was the Chandra, since the Chandra said they were going to kill, uh, the bleeder said, I'm going to kill your father, and then this person seems to have killed the priest and must have been impersonating this path, like a Pathian religious figure that people have known for a long time. But uh, just gets up there and starts preaching that the survivor was a false god and in you know front of a thousand survivorists. So, yeah, that's going to go over real well. His death hadn't been about protecting us or ascending, but about stupidity and bravado, which, well, I mean, a little from column A, a little from column B, I feel like. It definitely wasn't about ascending. He didn't know anything about ascending when he died. And they're like, yeah, that's what they always think. They don't say it, but. They mock the survivor. They have no meetings, no churches, no commandments. It's not even a religion. It's just it, these guys are really going hard. And I mean, I kind of, you know, you kind of understand it because they just saw their their priest dead at the hands of one of these guys. But this seems to be like some stuff they've been thinking for a while. Yeah, it's definitely some an undercurrent of bad, bad feelings between the groups. And so, yeah, the guy gets up and he gives this whole speech and then. Makes a dramatic gesture and the the draping falls down and there's the father Ben apparently apparently hanging there the whole time. Actually horrifying and terrifying. Yeah. Like just that image of some madman standing up there. Well, you're perceiving them as a madman. And then the curtain opens to this absolutely horrific sight in front of your community. It's not okay. No. Apparently his hands were red, like from the blood this whole time. And the guy's like, I thought he was wearing gloves at first. And I saw like the drops splattering as he gestured. So yeah, it's just, it's very disturbing. And I like when Marisai comes back, she's like, what do you think? And Reddy's like, about the information or your interrogation techniques. And Marisai, she's like, no, either. I like, she's like, I'm perfectly willing to take uh, notes from you on the interrogation, even despite the fact that you hate me. And Marisai says it's got to be the same person who killed Winston. And Erdal's like, but why? What would be the motive? And Marisai's like, well, I mean, how else do you explain this? Pathian priests are some of the least aggressive people on the planet. I've seen toddlers more dangerous. Toddlers are vicious. <laughs> You're not wrong. Sharp teeth and terrifying little buggers. No sense they of spatial awareness. Than they, yeah, they run faster than they should. Fall over, <laughs> knock stuff off the table. What's that thing? No one's seen anything move as fast as a toddler who you're asking what they've got in their mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Have you guys ever seen that video? It's like it's at a pool party, and this child's older than a toddler, but maybe they're like four or five. But uh, the it's a video, and the mom's like, "What are you?" He's like running by, and she's like, "What do you have in your hand?" And he goes, "A knife." And then she goes, "No!" And then she runs after him. <laughs> No, I have not seen that video, and no, that's terrifying, not. and I, I don't want to see it no. now. It's a pretty good video. It's <laughs> a, it's a very, very good for a chuckle. It's very, it's just like quick. Like that's the whole, the whole video. No, I don't need. I, I've had this, this happen. I don't need to. No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, 
<laughs> but uh, okay, so I I like that Airedale sends Reddy to go get uh, the convectalist something to drink, and Ray's like, "Excuse me." It's like, "Well, you've been spending too much time at the gun range. You gone deaf? Do it." I need to talk to mm-hmm. Constable Combs, and she's after he leaves, she's like he glares at her. She's just like, I can't help but notice that you're determined to make all the rest of the constables hate me. And Airedale's like, no, no, it's fine. You got to give that guy a nudge. He's useless when he's not trying to show off for me. <laughs> I mean, there's a certain like as a as a team leader and a manager of people, you you have to take certain approaches to dealing with certain types of personalities to get mm-hmm. the best results out of them. I don't know that this is a path I would take. It just <laughs> it seems counterproductive in a numerous yeah. number, a numer, in numerous ways. Yeah. It's like, sure, maybe that'll motivate him right this second. No, I believe it's the opposite. <laughs> but uh, it'll also motivate him to dislike her yeah. more and more and more. create a toxic yep. situation. And then act out. Yep. <laughs> yep. But by that point, I'll be retired. And I won't well. care. <laughs> Oh, here comes Wax, who I also have a lot of problems with. <laughs> <laughs> and so Marisai is talking to him, and, the, and he's like, I, I can't fight mistwraiths and spirits in the night. I'm a watchman, not an exorcist. And so on the ride over, she has told him about, you know, who they're actually fighting here. And uh, he's just like, I don't know what to do with that. Like, what, what am I going to... F- hmm. That's... That is the the Aridel we want to see. We need a book about Aridel the Exorcist. <laughs> he shows up. The weird, the creepy <laughs> piano music starts playing. There's girls doing crab walks upstairs. He just he just pick, picks up someone, shoves his hand through their chest, and starts pulling the bones out. And it's like back sure. to your blob form, monster. Yeah. <laughs> He throws he throws his arms together and he's got a like Constantine in that movie and he's got a symbol on his arms with a tattoo like comes together and makes like a magic ward or whatever. That was such a weird choice in that. Yeah, it was a strange choice. That whole movie yeah. is strange. That movie was a strange choice in itself. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I, I, I've seen it. I like when the devil shows up and pulls the cancer out of him. That's kind of well, cool. I was about to say like th- I, I always love uh, that actor that they that they got. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's always fun. Yeah, go plays Uli. Uh, it actually yeah. it it had an amazing cast when you look at it. Like the entire cast is like holy shit! Like all these people are in it. It's got you know Keanu Reeves. It had young Shia LaBeouf. It had Tilda mm-hmm. Swinton. Pe- like Peter Stormare was Satan, and uh, Jimon Honsu, who I think we've talked about on the show, was in it as mm-hmm. well. Like fuck the cast. Oh was yeah, that's Papa Midnight. I'd forgotten that. Papa Midnight. I mean, I, right, I, I, you know. I'm like, I don't know that Shia LaBeouf is a great cast, but uh, you're I right. Mean, There's a lot of really good people in there. I mean, yeah, like he 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 might not be, but he was he's still certainly a name. Like, you know, you mentioned yeah. his name and people like you don't have to go. Oh, that guy from such and such a movie. It's like you say the name. People know who he is. So it's the still guy a, from holes, you know, dig it up. Oh, no, he's been in tons of stuff. He was in Fury. People like him in that. Except for his uh, co-stars. Oh, I didn't hear about that. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Uh, I I, th- I think the, the the final call is Jamie. You probably don't need to see it. It's okay. Although yeah. there's there, there's some good stuff about it. Yeah, you know. Okay. <laughs> the uh, but no, nah, but anyway, back to this exorcist talk. I mean, 
Come on. That's what we need. We need Brandon to write an exorcist book. How do you know he hasn't? I guess that's true. Oh, fine. I'll, it'll, it'll get worked into one of the scripts I write. Exorcism. <laughs> they just drop into an exorcism. Hunting. Yeah. Uh, they're going to, uh, I mean, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. You're going to have to cut all this out. But I mean, what if they yeah. did? What if they drop? What if they had to do a possum exorcism? It could happen. Well, no, it's it's like now I is, mean, it is like an exorcism getting a possum out of your roof or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was I was gonna say now is the possum possessed by a demon or is the possum just the demon? The demon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At the end of the exorcism, they're gonna be like, oh, it was just a possum. Never mind. <laughs> okay, but okay, back to Aradel. It says the city's about to go up in flames. Basically, I don't have time for this shit. And Marisol's like, well, yeah, but what if they're not unrelated? What if Bleeder is trying to orchestrate this with the things that she's doing to make the city fall apart? Mm. Airedale's like, I'm too old for this shit. He really is. And he tries to pull out his a cigar and he finds a note from his wife says there's a banana in your drawer. <laughs> First thought is that I thought Wayne had swapped something. <laughs> yeah. Me a hundred percent. That's where I was. I was like, wait, did Wayne trade a cigar for a banana? I'm <laughs> banana. Yeah. I, I now wish that had been it instead. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. But his, his also, wife I like the wife like, game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The wife's basically like, you're not going to smoke. I put a banana in your drawer. You're going to eat that instead. And he's just like, can you put a banana in the cigar case so I could eat it now? <laughs> he's like, yeah, here I am, still cigarless with a note. I gotta go right. back to the office just to eat this banana. You I'm so supposed you, to you smoke left. this note? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get back to the office. And that banana's gonna be all brown because it's been like a week. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Well, I like that his wife went to his office and like s- secreted a banana into like the police station <laughs> and then into his drawer. <laughs> it's she, she's um like she's got some arrangement work out with the guy on the front desk. He's like, mm. I'm coming in. It's like, all right, what are we doing this time? Like, for, like you got a, got another banana? Nah, nah, nah. This time I got a sausage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I bet, I bet it's like one of those things where he opens random stuff at work and he's like, God damn it, another fucking fruit in here. <laughs> she keeps doing this shit, leaving fruit everywhere. Oh my god. So could have put um, a banana in the gun holster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So way way back when, like you know, in, in you know, the the younger dumber days, like you know, go around to everyone's house and you just get absolutely trashed, and and everyone passes out there, stays there overnight, get up and leave the next morning, like you know, big big drinking parties. There was mm-hmm. one I went, there was one I went to, and for some reason, a couple of the drunk guys decided it'd be really funny to hide bits of fruit everywhere throughout the house. Um, and and the people who lived at the house were finding fruit in all these random places for months afterwards. Ew. Like, it's, Ew, yeah, it's like yeah. open up the sugar, the sugar um, for make a cup of tea the next morning. Why is there an orange in here? And that's fine because they find it the next morning. But when there's a banana going rotten in the cistern of the toilet, not so funny. Oh no, oh, gosh. No. When you open yeah. it, when you're like, oh, I smell something gross, and you open up your air duct, and there's like a rotting, <laughs> a rotting orange in there. You're like, oh man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why they thought that was a good idea, but it's just like that was so weird, and I still think they were drunk. That's why they thought is it this, was a good idea. Uh, you, okay, yeah. Same group. Sorry, Duck. Is this the same group of people that stuck googly eyes on everything? Uh, no, actually. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> Jamie now realizing her husband hangs at, hung out with ridiculous people in more than one group. <laughs> yep. <laughs> in their discussion, they're trying to trace back where the city unrest kind of originated. And they decide that it, the flood seemed to be behind the, the, the biggest strain currently because of a broken dam. Which he's like, well, did we investigate that as much as maybe we should have? And he's like, do you think it was sabotage? And she's like, ah, could be worth checking out. And uh, he's like, okay, but she's got to have a point, right? Like, I don't know about mist wraiths, but when men do things, there's a reason. They're trying to prove something. They want to show how clever they are or stop an injustice. Apparently the governor is a Pathian, so he's like, maybe that's involved somehow. And Marisai says she might have proof the governor is corrupt. And it's like, okay, well, we're going to talk about this later. We've got some other stuff going on right now. I might have proof. What kind of proof? Not definitive proof. Yeah. That's not proof. No. Yeah. Uh, keep that to yourself. And in comes Wax. Doors slam open. He just strolls in. And she's just like, how is it that he's – like, everything a constable should be but isn't. And uh, as she's going to soon find out, also just, like, super annoying to people. And Ar- Aridel's trying real hard to – he's like, oh, Lord Ladrian, we'll have a report for you soon. And he's like, yeah, I can see for myself, thanks. And he just drops a bullet casing and pushes himself up into the air so he's level with the dead guy nailed to the wall. Which, I don't know, did did, did the Contra bring in a ladder to put this guy up here? Or maybe the Contra's using some coin shot power also. And uh, Aridel's like – just make see that his lordship gets whatever he needs. Maybe he can make something of this so he doesn't shoot the place up instead. And this is the first time that Marisai's heard Aridel talk about Tim kind of like uh, he is. She's like, wait, do you have a problem with him? No, no. His lordship is a great resource to the department. And, uh, yeah, really, he's just like, it must be damn nice to have other people clean up your mess for you. And yeah, Marisai's realizing for the first time that, uh, you know, he's a uh, wax gets to just do what he wants he's a house lord and an alamancer he's powerful in multiple ways and uh so he he gets to go around doing this doing what he wants and making messes and somebody else has to take care of it after the fact so this does seem very superhero-y like 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 this is all the the cops in gotham who aren't gordon who have to deal with uh batman doing stuff and it's like man fuck that guy he took her job And so they get into a discussion. He says that she, she, Bleeder wants to overthrow the city. Maybe the governor's murder will be like the capstone. But what does this have to do with me? Everything doesn't have to be about you, you know. Not everything. Just this. And she, annoyingly, he's <laughs> probably right. Which, I mean, when Bleeder, and just like she says, Bleeder's walking around in the body of the guy who killed his wife. Yeah, it's about him somehow. Or it's like, he's related. Also, they dug his coin out of a dude's arm. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly wax adjacent. Yeah. Although Marisai doesn't know about the coin, right? Because he only told Steris about that. Well, you, she she knew the dude had a coin in his arm. And I right. think the coin, like, didn't have, like, why did you leave wax or something, like, carved into it? Something like that. Like, you'd imagine he probably would have told Marisai about it. And then we got him telling Steris about it on the way to the party sometime, like, later that day. That's, yeah. that's what I thought. I feel like Marisai wouldn't let him walk out without explaining something. <laughs> at least a <laughs> what little is it? bit. What, is, what does this coin mean? Uh, you don't need to know. Yeah, none of your business. Shut up. I'm taking it. <laughs> I don't know you. <laughs> but Marisai's like, 
Wax, we gotta know. We need we need more information about what this thing can do, about what its motives could be. And Wax says, "Oh, I agree. I'd like to ask God a few hard questions, but I doubt he's gonna make himself available. We'll have to settle for someone else." And so he's <laughs> what what a, a line. It's like I'm gonna have to talk to God, but he's <laughs> not gonna listen. I'm gonna ask him some hard questions. Yeah. Yeah. You've got all the people that are already thinking that Wax is just a bit full of it, and now like. <laughs> drinking his own Kool-Aid or whatever. Oh, I'm going to go talk to God. Oh, God. <laughs> I hope somebody Here was, some other cops were there and heard that, yeah. But also, <laughs> like, like, did he just say he was going to go talk to God? Nah, nah, surely he meant he was going to go talk to, you know, dog, his dog. <laughs> <laughs> but but also, like, like Wax is a known Parthian, isn't he? And he's saying this in a survivorist church, and, like, mm. there's they've got that cluster of uh, people the survivors down there who were just like, oh man, fuck those Parthians. And like, can you imagine if they heard a Parthian say that in their church? It's like, the fuck you say? <laughs> That's, yeah, it's an interesting point. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, cut, it cuts away from this seat because this is where the matron and all those kids just crash tackle wax and stop feeding the <laughs> shit out of him. <laughs> you don't get to talk about our God, damn it! it fucking really, Parthian! It really makes me wonder, like, the the what the survivor because the survivors have this history that is written by Sazed. I, do, do they disagree with like the fact that Sazed descended and remade the world, or are they like, oh yeah, so he Harmony's a god, but he's not like the one that we like. I don't know how you justify. Well, I I get the feeling it's because like Sazed Sazed's ascendance came after Kelsia's death, and no. Sazed was in position to do it, be like because of events that indirectly led from Kelsey's death. So they could probably spin it as the survivor came first and gave Harmony what he needed to ascend. Therefore, the survivor is the one who got everything started. Yeah, and also the survivors, an old, the survival, survivorism is an older religion, technically, because it's like... True, it, was, it is. And, and the last emperor became a survivorist. Mm, it's also true. Yep. So uh, yeah. They're probably Forgotten like... That. Well, the last emperor thought it was good, and he's the one who brought about, you know, our new world with his other uh, friends. And obviously, the survivorist is the best religion. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering about their theology because they apparently have a very organized, very like there's there's precepts and commandments and stuff. It sounds like. So I'm just like, I wonder what their theology around the survivor is. That they're like, are they worshiping him, or is it like, a, is there a different sort of dynamic yeah. than? But uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. Important. Basically, they're like our precepts must be obeyed, and Wax is like, like I care. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I want to know is like, how is Marsh taking this whole survivorist movement? Because I mean, by the time by the time it really started becoming a thing, he'd been fully co-opted by Ruin, right? But and so we didn't really get to see much of him after Ruin. Well, we didn't get to see any of him after Ruin um, died, and mm-hmm. um, and he was released from his control. So now that he's wandering the world and just like you know, doing whatever death does and acting like, you know, doing harmony stuff. Like, he's just like, why the fuck do you guys worship my brother? He was a twat. <laughs> fuck you guys. Yeah, he seems to have some kind of respect for his brother. Right? Yeah. He was like, he's doing my brother's work. So yeah, I guess but I, I, I really like the end of this chapter where he's trying not to say exactly who he's met, but he's like, see, so yeah, I got somebody that we can go talk to. Uh, do you want to come? And she's like, yeah, why wouldn't I? I'm worried that interacting with her might prove, theologically difficult <laughs> it's like and also she's super hot so like that's <laughs> weird 
<laughs> yeah, it's all a little bit weird. <laughs> God, so. can you imagine, like, it's like, uh, Wax, Wayne, and Marisai talking to Milan, and she does the whole turn the boob transparent and put the gun back in. And Wayne's like, oh my god, and looks at Marisai, can you do that? <laughs> yeah, all women can do that. They've just been hiding it this whole time. Yeah. She uh, she blushes and is like, no. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that does sound like Marisai. <laughs> okay, so that's the end of our chapters. Let's, let's move into predicaments. What do you guys think? What are we going to see now? All right, so we got we got these people. They're on their train of thoughts, which I think are bad. I think they're going to get hoodwinked again. So I, I'm going to keep with my theory, uh, my theory that Edvorn is actually his dad. Okay. And I'm going to keep with my theory that Bleeder is actually a Chondra that was at one point Lessie. I'm going to stick with it. And so going along that path, um, and I think I theorized about this some last time too. I think, I think Marisai's right. I think the, the, the leader's point is to try to disrupt Elendel completely because Elendel is the center of, of this world that that's been established and, you know, they've got it. The, the, she's just trying to shake things up and completely disrupt society either to take it over or to, or to just like disrupt the way things work in the world. Cause obviously she's insane and wants to be a God or something. I don't know. Something weird's going on, but if she's actively working against harmony, which is what harmony has told us that it would make sense that she would want to take his basically paradise that he created and just like completely and destroy it or whatever. So I'm going to go with Marisai's right. She's going for a complete disruption of things. What's going to immediately happen is I hope he goes and remembers to get Lord Harms because that would be <laughs> awkward if he forgot about that. Yep. And uh, she, they're going to go meet Milan. Marisai's going to be like, whoa, uh, this is overwhelming. I can't believe this is happening. This person's a counter. And I I hope that Milan will shed some light on uh, possibly what other Chandra are doing and maybe what the, uh, maybe being a Chandra Milan will give more specific information about Bleeder. Uh, that would be helpful. So uh, that's what I think immediately is going to happen. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got. Okay. Uh, yeah, that makes that makes sense. We're going kind of kind of just continuing the some of the same theories that we had last time, which last time was a big time for new theories. So uh, I can I can definitely see where you're going on those. Okay. Yeah, I I don't really have anything groundbreaking really. In terms of where the story's going as a whole, I don't know how we're going to get to back to Mr. Suit, even though we sort of know, well, we speculate that he is involved and somehow this is about wax. Somehow it all ties together. I'm not quite sure. I don't know how that's going to come back together yet. I'm hoping, yeah, the immediate future is that we pick up with Milan and I guess just find out a little bit about what the the Kandra are actually doing now because they kind of were, you know, spies attached to certain families and things like that. But Milan really appears to have embraced fifth-generation life, I guess. <laughs> I think it was fifth-generation. Yeah, and, I mean, I hope that we actually get to see Ten soon. Soon? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's... 
yeah, I feel like they've name dropped him now. I would be disappointed if we didn't actually see him. I like to think that he's, you know, living as a dog with some aged meat somewhere, having quite a grand old time, but I feel like he's probably up to, to more stuff. Yeah, I don't know, maybe maybe Marsh has a dog. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they've all, all uh, come back together, but um, I, I hope that we see that sort of come about soon. I sort of, I get the feeling, and I was trying to sort of work through it about how it works with can- like Candra's, and I just, I don't think I've unlocked it yet, but it appears that we've got wedges being driven between Wax and the various people that he's close to. So, you know, you've kind of got Aradel's put a new perspective to Marisai about, you know, he's actually just swanning around doing whatever. And from other people's perspective, watching Wax do things, he seems to be really quite full of himself at the moment. Right. And I, like the the thing about, you know, shooting the bullet into the ground, it's like you're in a crime scene. Like you've now just (laughs) tainted any evidence that's here just to, you know, lift yourself up and be the big hero here. But also the stuff that was going on with Steris and Wayne, I just, I wonder how far this is going to go. Because I was like, oh, maybe there's a Kandra who's pretending to be Wayne, but he can't because Wayne's not dead. So I, oh, I don't yeah. know. I mean, could you be a cat? Like if someone lost a finger, could you become that person? Like do they have to be dead or do you just have to have their bones? Just a thought, throwing out there really. Yeah. I don't necessarily need an answer to it right now, but like, not saying yeah, hand or something. I think but, we figured out that good Chandra can work with like like if really, really, really bones. good Chandra can work with anything. Yeah. Like Tensoon could do it. Yeah. He was considered a good candor, I guess. He could replicate things pretty well and fast. I just I feel like there's just because they're not really united at the moment. You know, Wayne feels like he's losing his friend. He doesn't like Steris. Steris is going to feel a little bit like, oh, Wayne doesn't like me. You know, it sort of comes all comes back to Wax and the relationship that he has with each of these people. So I don't know what other uh, forces are at play here. Right. Yeah. No, so still, still, still moping of him? Well, I don't know. I don't really get the sense that she's as mopey as she was in the last book, I feel like she's kind of made the effort to, and then, you know, want Wax to see her as a, as a constable, like as a colleague. Yeah. Like I don't feel like she's still pining after him, but then he kind of was like, oh, she's still pining after me and sort of dismissing everything. Um, But I, I sort of don't feel like she's like that so much anymore, but she's now having this picture painted, you know, from Aradel's perspective that, no, well, we all just have to deal with his mess. Like, yeah, he looks wonderful and he comes in and he solves problems and stuff, but look at the dust he kicks up as well. You know, Mm -hmm. he's basically crapping on the constabulary. He's literally making a mess by messing up our crime scenes and he's causing all sorts of mayhem and havoc out in the streets by conducting these chases that if the constables had done something like that, they would have been absolutely called to answer for that, whereas he's just got his mist cloak on and off he goes. So I just feel like there's these tensions being drawn here as well. So I don't know if they're – it could just be coincidence or if we've got something more sinister at play in this targeting wax. It's not 
just so, you know, overt, like uh, bloody tan turning up and the coin in the arm that are very clearly about wax, but trying to destabilise his his network, his community. I, I'm not quite sure. Mm. I just I feel like there's something else going on there. I don't know how that's going to resolve yet. So it's not, I guess it's not really a prediction, but. <laughs> that's okay. Thoughts, I guess. We, we came up with some pretty big stuff, like you said, last week. So, right. you know, um, upon thinking about it more today, the father thing, I mean, it still would be really great if we had this you know, wax, I am your father situation <laughs> <laughs> that comes up uh, somewhere else. You know, maybe, okay, wax's father is dead. Is there someone using wax's father's bones to imitate wax's father and now they have to kill that candra or maybe maybe that maybe (laughs) that maybe like another candra is using it and that candra is in on it so they're just going to stage him being killed again just to re-traumatize wax for no other reason than just to fuck with him possibly maybe his dad was a condra all along and he secretly half condra well can you be can you be half condra (laughs) i had no idea yeah uh, so many questions. Anyway. <laughs> so I looked it up. Melon is seventh generation. Just for, oh, anyone, okay. for anyone who cared about us getting that right. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and I know and I know at the one crime scene in the church, at least, he wasn't shooting the ground. He dropped a shell casing like it was empty and used that to push himself up. So. Oh, mm. uh, OK. I mean, still littering a crime scene, but yeah, yeah. less destructive. Yeah. At least he's not ruining the floor this time. <laughs> this time, yeah. yeah. Because like he has a thing for wrecking cobblestones. Yep. Well, I mean, when when he jumped out the window at the beginning of that first chapter we read, he shoots the ground to like be able to slow himself down. And I was like, man, this is the second time that we've seen him do that. And you're like, so you knew there was nobody there, right? Before yeah. you did that. Mm. Yeah. So. Okay. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. Yeah. Um. I don't know too. Like I. I guess like following on from what Jamie said, I do like the idea that. Like in this book, the fe- the fellowship breaks a bit because everyone has different ways of trying to go about things, different like different priorities. Like mm. they're all after they're all after the same goal, but how they approach them and how they approach just living in general are, are all very different now. So maybe like the, the friendship group splits up a bit, and then they realize we're not exactly the best partners for each other, which is probably going to hit Wayne the hardest because he doesn't really have anywhere else to go. Right. Um. Like. Uh, like. Everything he's described is that he seems, if it wasn't for Wax, he would just be dead and, or destitute, so. But, I mean, his whole thing is disguises, so I'm sure he could con his way into getting some money somehow <laughs> uh, before he gets bored. But as far as my predictions go, I don't have too much, except that Aradel's going to die. Just, as, as soon as he said, we'll talk about this later, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, you're going to die before you actually talk about it, aren't you? Like, that's yep. the, that's the whole... Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna discuss this later, and we're gonna like he's well, he's a reasonable authority figure to Marisai, so he's um so she he's she's gonna have that support network taken away from her. He's gonna die, and she's gonna have to fend mm. for herself. Maybe she'll get blamed, or like after after the the conversation they've had, maybe Wax will get blamed for it, mm. uh, and that and that will further drive a wedge between Marisai and Wax. Like she, maybe she will blame him for it. But yeah, at some point Aradel's going to go down, and it's going to be messy. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want that to happen. I like the guy, but uh, yeah, two constable generals in a row—that's that would be that would be unfortunate. Yeah, 
And the next thing you know, he's going to be like, I'm two weeks away from retirement. And you're like, no, <laughs> don't say it. <laughs> okay. Any, any other predictions you wanted to do? Sorry, I didn't want to cut you off or anything. No, uh, no, that's that's really oh, all I've okay. got at this point. Um, good, good. I, I mean, I, I was still backing on this whole <laughs> the end of the book. There's like, have we forgotten something? Oh, shit, Lord Hans. <laughs> that's a new prediction. You just stick with that through the end of the book now. You're like, yep, yep. Lord Hans is out there somewhere. Okay. And I Good found this deal. random rope, so I just kind of abseiled down the side of the building. <laughs> yeah, it was an old, there was an old window washer harness, so I just kind of used that. <laughs> it was like, oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, we have, let's start with, we have one new patron this week at the, uh, the misting patron level. And oh. it is Charlie. Hey, Charlie. You, Gasper, you. You're storing that breath, man. You're doing it. Nice. That 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 is a potentially uh, useful one that's uh, on my list. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, hey, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't necessarily mind having that. Not my first choice or yeah. anything, but, you know. Um, I wouldn't mind having it. Okay, so we got a couple. Breathe, you, can just, you don't need to breathe underwater. You can go down for as long as you want. Right. We got a couple new reviews. Yeah, it seems like it'd be uncomfortable... Like storing it though. Storing it, yeah. When you get a little bit hyperventilating, I don't know. Maybe storing it like makes it so that it's not as uncomfortable as it would be. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Okay. Couple new reviews. The first one is from Heathbar three eleven. Says love this show. Listening to the cast read the Cosmere books is as close to getting to read them again for the first time as it gets. Dak, Jamie, and Joe always bring something interesting to the table each week, and they have some fantastic predictions, sometimes eerily close to true and sometimes wide off the mark, but it's always interesting to hear what they picked up on in their Mm. first reads compared to yourself and how their interpretations morph into their predictions. I always look forward to Monday mornings to listening to this podcast. Oh, Heath Bar, you smoker, you. Don't don't let them replace your smokes with a banana. Oh wait, that's yeah, that's a different <laughs> that's kind. a different thing. Yeah, wasn't with the burn. <laughs> and our second one is from someone who sent an email not that long ago, and uh, I think maybe mentions it in here. Let me, uh, yeah, so sorry. Uh, Ashwin says fabulous content, hilarious folks is the title. Hey, it's Ashwin. I gotta say, I love this podcast. I've been listening since Hero of Ages, and it is the highlight of my Mondays. I love how Data manages to poker face his way through every, even the most eerily accurate of Dak, Jamie, and Joe's predicaments. I've never been one to actively take part in a podcast, but when these guys set up a Patreon, I knew I had to go support them. 11 out of 10 recommend. Thanks for the amazing podcast. P.S. Data, thanks for pronouncing my name right. It's intended to sound terrorist. Nice job picking up on that. I hope I pronounced it right the second time. Because I do remember being like, oh, it sounds kind of terrorist when we run the email. Or maybe it wasn't an email. Maybe it was actually the Patreon. Mm. Whichever. Uh, you really pulled me in on that one, you lurcher. <laughs> you nice. lurching all around. Okay. Thank you guys for the reviews on Apple Podcasts. Uh, apparently they've added the ability to leave reviews on like Spotify or something recently. So, oh, that's cool. Um, I don't know that I would get those through here. So if someone's out there leaving us reviews on Spotify, feel free to like email me to be like, hey, I left this review out there because I don't know that I'll see it through here. I haven't seen any yet. So, um, but yeah, we also have a new, one email from last week and one new email that we can uh, go through this time. The first one is from Naomi, 
He says, hey, Sander Lanch crew, it's Naomi again. I haven't been able to email you guys in a while because of school, but I just finished all my exams. I'm going to graduate with all A's. Woo. Nice. I'll, yeah. Congrats. Nice. I'll finally be able to catch up. I just finished the Lantris. In episode 71, I believe, you created a mascot called Richard the Book. But <laughs> since that episode, he's been forgotten. So I decided to draw oh. him. I hope you enjoy oh, it. Wow. Oh, my God. Wait. Yeah. Can't wait to start Emperor's Soul. And then uh, she sent a second email. It's like, oh, I forgot to say, it wasn't to the time of next, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, Naomi, we actually did not forget Richard the Book. There were many talks about how we could use Richard the Book in the future. So I'm excited that you drew him for us because we've definitely had discussions about Richard the Book. Yeah. The Thick Book is, uh, I believe, right. his full yeah. name. Richard the Thick Book. In private, these discussions were had. Uh, I'll show you guys the picture. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, so yes, thank you, Naomi. You're awesome. So the other one is from. Oh, I like that. She wrote insert <laughs> Futurama reference here. Yep. That's great. Yeah, that's brilliant. Ah, <laughs> oh, excellent. Very cool. The next one is from Brooke, and Brooke says, "Hi there, Dak. Our data, Dak, Jamie, and Joe. A couple weeks ago, for you, you guys asked." Anyone who'd been listening from the very early days to get in touch. I can't recall exactly when I started listening. I'm fairly sure it was within the first 10 episodes. The number six seems to stick out in my mind. So while that isn't the first episode, I do consider myself a long-time listener. Yeah, no, I think that definitely qualifies, I gotta say. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I heartily enjoy listening to you all. I love the camaraderie you all have, and you have a great podcast format. Your personalities, along with the content itself, has made me quite the dedicated fan. It seems strange that you can grow such warmth and fondness for people you've never met, but your fun tales and opinions are so much fun. And at a, t- a time when the world has gone crazy, I think there's a special sort of comfort you can get from listening to people talk about a story that you love. You see, I started listening to your podcast at a crazy time in my life. In the latter half of 2019, I quit my job as a journo, severely burnt out and worn down. Then COVID hit and the world was flipped again. In the time since I've been listening to you guys, I've moved twice, started dating, then married my wonderful husband, started a new job, and begun the process of getting my own fantasy manuscript published. Just this week, I sent it off to the editor, which, hey, that's super awesome. Uh, nice. But for me there, yeah. Uh, so in the midst of all of it, having your podcast listened to has been a real joy. There have been times I've missed a few months, but always caught back up. I love Brandon's books and was first introduced by the Stormlight Archive. They're still my favorite. Also reading them, I had to go back and read all of Brandon's other Cosmere books. My second read through of Stormlight blew my mind as I found all the connections. You guys have some awesome books ahead, and I'm itching for you to get to them. I'm rambling, but well done on such an awesome show. I've been meaning to email for ages. All the best. Oh, and I love Steris. Can't wait for you guys to get to see why. Wasn't to the time of next, Brooke. And then it says, oh, and Dak and Jamie, I'm in Queensland, a town called Toowoomba. Oh, nice. Well, that's really cool. You're doing it, man. You're being creative, and uh, I always applaud that. I that that takes a lot of courage and strength and yeah. awesome awesomeness. So, yeah, welcome, Dead Bane. Yeah, good luck with your uh, your manuscript. I'm someday, jealous. someday, Data and I will go to Australia. Someday. Oh, I've already got it scheduled. Oh, you do, huh? Yeah, we're uh, we scheduled a cruise that does Australia and New Zealand for uh, February 2024. Oh, well, fine. Leave me out completely. <laughs> you can also you go if you want. I'm just, uh, you know. Yeah. We well, got a good we'll deal see. on it. Okay, thank you guys for the emails. 
Really appreciate uh, people taking the time to write in. If anyone would like to email us, the address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and now Patreon also. So all, all, all over the internets, the interwebs and such. Music by Miracle of Sound. Throw that in while I'm thinking about it. For next time, we're reading two more chapters that will be 13 and 14. We are going to be missing. I think the plan right now is for next week. We will not have a new episode and we should be back the week after that. I think is the plan. Yes, that is correct. You won't hear us. We won't be in your phone. I apologize. (laughs) Sorry. Thank you, everybody. And we will uh, see you in a couple of weeks. Your time. Uh, It's going to be more like three our time, I guess. That's that's why we get ahead of things as much as we can. We record mm-hmm. a little a little extra ahead of time to help us uh, cover some of it. So, yep. whenever that next time is, wasing to the time of next. Colo. Check my head. I guess the joke's on me. Now and re-